Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... It's hard to imagine a child as a ruthless killer. You can't imagine young people snapping in that same way grown adults do and taking a human life. But we know all too well how untrue that can be. On December 11th, 1978, a boy was born who would go on to take the lives of many when he was just a young teenager. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Arik Borel was born on December 11th, 1978, to parents who, though they ended their relationship shortly after he was born, both were in the army at the time of his birth. After their separation, Arik was sent to live with his grandparents in Limoges, France, where he would stay until he was five years old before moving back with his mother in Solipon. A woman who was described as a devoutly religious authoritarian and referred to her son as a child of sin. When he wasn't being beaten or mistreated by his mother, he was getting into fights with her new partner who, on occasion, raised his hand to the child who was not his to punish. His sons would go on to deny their father's mistreatment of Arik and claim that he actually cared for the boy a great deal, building him a shack for the chickens and other animals the boy brought home to care for. Regardless, Eric's life with his mother didn't seem like a happy one, preferring to run away after breaking his arm at the age of eight than to go back home and tell her he was hurt. 
He was a quiet young man, a loner to a fault, spent all of his free time learning all he could about the military, telling lies about his own father's heroic deeds as a soldier, and showing a deep appreciation and obsession for weaponry. The young boy for the entirety of his childhood only had one known friend, a boy named Alain Germay, the popular, outgoing, and beloved friend to many. A boy who seemed to have everything Arik did not. For years, Arik was known as a good, well-disciplined student. But in his final years at a lycée in Toulouse, Arik claimed he could no longer deal with the physical and verbal abuse he took at home, began skipping classes, and said he wanted to instead join the military like his father and his grandfather. Things seemed to rapidly start declining for Arik, and, according to one of his classmates, in September of 1995, the 16-year-old expressed his wish to end his own life, but wanted to make sure to kill two or three people before doing so. On September 23, 1995, at around 6 p.m., Arik walked into the kitchen of his mother's home and shot his stepfather, Yves Vichet, four times with his 22 caliber rifle and then smashed his head with a hammer to ensure he was dead. He then walked over to where his 11-year-old half-brother, Jean-Yves Bichet, was watching television and did the same to him. After wiping up the blood, he sat patiently and waited his mother's arrival back home. As soon as Marie-Jean Parenti walked through the door at 8.30 p.m., he killed her with a single gunshot wound to the head. Police would later assume the whole attack started with yet another fight between stepfather and stepson. He once again cleaned up the mess he made, covered the bodies with sheets, and closed all of the shutters and shut the steel gate. Carrying a bag packed with supplies, a map of Limoges, and plenty of weaponry, Eric made his way towards the village of Kier. Traveling by car until he crashed into a wall and forced to continue his journey on foot, and sleeping tucked away to the vines while, at around 1 a.m., Jean-Luc, who came home from school to visit with his father, walked in to see the bloody sheets covering his family's bodies. He called the police and was momentarily considered a suspect until police noticed Arik was missing about three hours after they arrived at the scene. The following morning, September 24th, at around 7.15 a.m., Arik arrived at the home of his only friend, Alain Germain, and asked his mother if she could wake her son so they could talk out in the garden. After a lengthy conversation outside, Arik asked his friend for something and Alain declined. When the 17-year-old turned to go back into his home, Arik pulled out his gun and shot him in the back, mortally wounding him before he could run off. From this point on, all of Arik's victims were shot at random, and unfortunately, because it was hunting season, no one knew to worry about the armed teenager until it was too late. As he strode through the narrow roads towards the village square, his expression completely blank, first shot through the window of a retired couple, injuring the husband and killing his wife. Their neighbor, upon hearing the sounds, opened up her shutters and became Eric's next target. Another was shot while drinking coffee on the patio while a 15-year-old boy was gunned down while buying some of his morning baguettes. The next two victims were two retired farm workers who were remarkably able to survive the ordeal and another man who was walking his dog who was not so lucky. Five more shots were discharged, claiming four more victims. The town by this point was in a pure panic as the fire brigade, completely unarmed, arrived and stood around helplessly while citizens ducked into doorways and hid under tables. 
Eventually, the gendarmes turned up and Arik was forced to flee into the vineyards about 300 yards away. He was encircled in front of the school before he could make his escape and, realizing he was cornered, he calmly pressed the barrel of the gun to his forehead, closed his eyes, and pulled the trigger, getting exactly what he wanted, a chance to take some lives before taking his own. However, he had far more than two to three victims. When the dust settled, Arik had killed three family members, his one and only friend, and killed 11 complete strangers, some who died instantly from the carefully aimed bullet to the head and others later in the hospital. Arik Borel's attack was considered the deadliest act of mass shooting in France since Christian Dornier in 1989 an attack that haunted the citizens of Kier for years to come. People who could never forget the calm and methodical movements of such a young man. As if these victims were nothing but birds, he was used to hunting for sport. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to A Terrible Thing Happened on December 12th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.